Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. And a good day, everyone. I hope you are happy, joyous, and free as we are. We have an incredible guest, Gina Bonanno Lemus, who self-described has gone from hot mess to superwoman. We're going to find out why. Gina, take it away. What's your story and how do you look so fabulous and so fit? Oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, it. I mean... Really, if I had to boil it down, it's it really all turned around with a plant-based diet. So I spent over 40 years of my life miserable and sick, uh, jumping from doctor to doctor and, you know, solution, quote unquote, to solution, uh, popping pills, trying surgery, you name it, and nothing worked. And so... It was really just by chance going and having coffee with a friend and she had reversed her heart disease with a plant-based diet, got rid of her lifelong eczema and she shared her story with me. And at first I thought she was a little nuts. And then (laughs) she told me that her boyfriend had reversed his diabetes with a plant-based diet. So it definitely got my attention and started me down the research path. And uh, yeah, after it took a few months, I'm not going to say I, I jumped in wholeheartedly right off the bat, but within about three months, literally, of making the commitment and the switch, all of my health issues vanished. It was, Whoa. It was almost like magic. Yeah. Well, what health issues did you have and what went away specifically for people out there who were experiencing health issues? Um, I had a lot. I mean, not anything life threatening, but I think I was headed in that direction if I hadn't taken action. So my whole life I'd suffered with allergies, asthma. Um, I started getting sinus infections in my uh, early 20s and then they just progressively got worse to the point that they were literally coming once a month um i had cystic acne so like i couldn't wear what i'm wearing today because i had cystic acne on my chest on my back and you know it would be better at times and worse at others but um gosh just all kinds i mean i just chronic fatigue and uh, just so I would catch every cold and flu out there. So it was unbelievable how quickly everything turned around for me. So you had, from what I've read, sinus conditions, mm-hmm. exhaustion, hormonal issues, mm-hmm. even acne because you have the most beautiful skin. Oh, and you. you even had that. Um, and you had um, asthma and sinus conditions. And so Tell me exactly, step by step, your friend said, try a plant-based diet. And mm-hmm. what, what exactly happened in that process? Because I think it's really important for people to understand the process. What I like to tell people is we don't get a commission from you going plant-based. <laughs> we're, right. we're trying to save your health, trying to save our planet from environmental catastrophe, trying to save the animals too. And um, 
basically explain that eating animals is not only unnecessary, but it is supremely self-destructive. So we need people to have that aha moment. How, when you had that aha moment, how did that play out, Gina? So I was reluctant. You know, I had always kind of studied uh, exercise and nutrition just informally. And so I thought I knew quite a bit about it, even though I had never studied it, you know, in a traditional sense. And everything she was saying to me just sounded crazy. You know, nobody had ever said, oh, don't eat animals. (laughs) I was like so many other people. I thought you had to have animal protein to live. So um, I was so shocked, you know, when I, sorry about that, when I found out. that's okay. We all have dogs. I've got four of them. Yeah, it's... uh, It's like living in a zoo here. Sorry. Well, hopefully we'll get rid of the zoos once and for all and turn them all (laughs) into sanctuaries. But continue your aha moment. Yeah. So I, 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 you know, hear this from her and I really struggled with it at first. And, you know, I went through all of the excuses that everybody makes. Oh, my family will never go for it. Oh, you know, this excuse, that excuse. And I always say, when you want to do something, you'll find a way to do it. When you don't want to do something, you're going to find every excuse not to. So um, once I started researching, I started coming across the animal cruelty issues. And that is what did it for me. That's when it just clicked. And I said, no more. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what happens. I'm, I'm done. So, um, I started figuring out how, how am I going to do this? And, you know, how can I do it right? So I, it took probably from the time I spoke with her to the time I made the the switch, I would say it was like four or five months. It definitely wasn't overnight and it was tough. You know, I grew up in an Italian family. We had our own deli. I mean, yeah, my brother and I worked there, (laughs) slave labor And um, so we had meat with every meal. I mean, our lunches at school were roast beef sandwiches from our deli. So to make this switch was not a small thing for me. Um, I I was a meat eater. But yeah. For people who are in that moment where they're listening to this and everything in their history is kicking in and saying, this is weird. This is crazy. if it were true, the media would tell us about it. We know why they don't, because they're profiting off of people. Um, meat, dairy, and pharmaceuticals are the three main advertisers on television. So advertiser-based news media is not going to talk about this. Um, right. The healthcare system is now starting to. Kaiser is starting to. The American Cancer Society is starting to. Yeah. The World Health Organization has declared meat, processed meat as carcinogenic carcinogenic, um, red meat, likely carcinogenic, but you're not getting it from like when you go to your doctors, they have very little training in nutrition and they often Mm -hmm. will, will basically talk the carnist line and say, you know, when I was, in fact, when I was about 12, uh, my doctor who happened to be now that I remember it obese and extremely unhealthy and died shortly thereafter, uh, he told me, you're going to have to go eat meat. And I, the last time I remember eating meat was picking up a liverwurst sandwich on my doctor's orders and trying to eat it and having a really hard time. And I was maybe, I don't know about, I don't remember, 16, 15, something like that. And I just Mm -hmm. said, I can't do it. My every cell in my body, but I was brought up in a 
a pescatarian household. But uh, how did you counteract that? Because I think if we understand the process whereby somebody like yourself, who grew up in a meat-eating family, whose family had a deli, who was quite indoctrinated to eat animals, could make mm-hmm. that shift, would, would you say that you had the gift of desperation? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I was just coming off of a second, uh, my second back-to-back lung infection, and I had been so ill that I, I, I just remember sitting there using my nebulizer. And so for those listening who don't know what that is, it's like a machine, you know, that opens up your lungs and you're really only supposed to use it maybe every three to four hours. I was using it almost every half hour because my lungs were closing up that quickly. And I was just desperate. I didn't know what to do. I, I just felt like that this is it. This is what my life is going to be. I'm just gonna, I'm never going to achieve any of the dreams and goals that I had for myself because I either, you know, have the acne and I don't want to go out or I just, you know, I feel like crap and I can't get anything done and I'm exhausted all the time. So yeah, I was desperate for a solution. But like I say, even that wasn't enough, you know, it, it, and I found that it's different for everybody. You know, some people care more about the environment and climate change. And some people care more like me. It's, you know, what hit me in the heart was the animal cruelty issue. So it was my health plus that, you know, that was like the final straw. But, um, you know, initially, like everybody, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I relied a lot on meat substitutes, uh, you know, and I mean, I'm thankful that those foods are out there because I think they're needed for people like me who don't know what to do. You don't, you know, and all of a sudden you have this empty hole on your plate and you don't know what to put in its place. So at least they're out there. And and that was almost 10 years ago. I mean, God knows there's way better (laughs) meat substitutes now than we have. You got comfortable with the idea. And then what Mm -hmm. started happening? Take us through it because there's so many people right now, and this is life or death. People are dying from COVID-19. We just heard about a a brilliant, wonderful 41-year-old Broadway actor who died from COVID-19. This concept that it's just older people or certain people is really Mm -hmm. um, false. And so we want to keep everybody as healthy as they can be to A, wear a mask, be careful, social distance, but also keep your nutrition to its highest level. So this Mm -hmm. is another reason why this is crucial right now. What happened? What did you start eating and what started happening? So like I said, initially it was a lot of processed stuff, unfortunately, but it it got me over that hump and that transition. And then I started researching and realizing I needed to move more towards whole foods. So I started incorporating more things like beans and whole grain, you know, I was already eating whole grains before. And that's the funny thing is I thought I was eating healthy. You know, I, to anybody looking from the outside in, I was eating quote unquote, healthy foods. I was, as I got older, I was eating all turkey, chicken, fish, whole grains, I always had vegetables and fruit with my meals. So the fact that everything turned around for me just by cutting out those animal proteins that are quote unquote healthy 
was just unbelievable. But yeah, I just started eating more of the good stuff, you know, more of the stuff that I was already eating, but I didn't realize how important it was. And I started incorporating more greens, of course, um, for the chlorophyll. And I started researching and learning about superfoods and things like that. Um, but yeah, I just, I started tweaking my normal recipes. So things that I had grown up on, I learned how to make them vegan by making just simple switches. Uh, and then finally, I, I went back to school. I, I was so blown away by my results and how quickly my health turned around. So I went back to school and I got certified in integrative nutrition and then vegan nutrition. So, um, and that, that really helped me. That helped me to refine everything and understand exactly how to absorb more nutrients, you know, get the best out of my food. Now, uh, yeah, it was we, literally we, like three months. Before we get into all the amazing things you're doing to spread the word, I would like you to give us an, just a sampling of what you would eat on a particular day, like yesterday. Well, yesterday was 4th of July, so or the day before was for this was a 4th of July weekend. So let's just say on an average Monday or Tuesday, what mm -hmm. are some of the things that you eat like specific recipes and food to give people an idea of what it means to transform to plant-based? You know, some people go, well, mm -hmm. I've never had a vegan meal ever. I said, well, have you ever had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Well, of course. Well, then you've had a vegan meal. Have you ever eaten yeah. oatmeal? Yeah. You've had a vegan meal unless you pour the breast milk of a cow on it. Um, give us just a rundown. Sure, sure. So the morning, it's pretty consistent. I've been having uh, my maca mocha shake, which I, I kind of created this recipe uh, of superfoods to help because, you know. Lay it out. Uh, What's in it? So it's a base of either soy milk or cashew. I, I switch off. And um, then I put a scoop of moringa powder I put a scoop, uh, which is, I think, like one and a half teaspoons, roughly, of um, maca powder, which is the maca mocha part. <laughs> I do uh, just under a, an eighth of a cup of cacao powder. Um, what else do I put in there? I put in two tablespoons of um, uh, date syrup to sweeten it up. Um, I put in some vanilla syrup or, or excuse me, vanilla extract. So a teaspoon of vanilla extract. And I think that's it. And oh, and then I put in some coffee. So because I didn't want to give up my morning coffee, but I wanted to get in some healthy stuff. Um, and then I put in probably about cup to cup and a half of packed spinach. Oh. That or one to two leaves of kale. So minus the stem, but just the leaf. Um, so yeah, so I get my greens, I get all my superfoods, you know, I get the maca in there, which helps with menopause and perimenopause symptoms. Um, the soy helps, it you know, increases your estrogen. So yeah, it, it's just perfect breakfast food, low in sugar, you know, cause the date syrup is not high uh, in sugar. So, yeah, that would be breakfast. And then lunch, I, I have whatever was left over from dinner. So dinners, we do my three bean chili, which I made on your show one time. Um, I do pasta fajol, 
you know, my old family recipe uh, from my mom. Sometimes I do vodka cream pasta, but everything's done. You know, I make it all vegan. So, um, but yeah, things like that are, are typical staples. And like I said, just leftovers at lunchtime. So whatever we have for dinner, that's what I'm having for lunch the next day. <laughs> so, you know, but sometimes I keep it simple. Like the other night, we just did baked potatoes. We, we um, sprayed some olive oil on sliced zucchini and asparagus spears, you know, put some salt and pepper on them and grilled them on the barbecue. And that was a whole meal. I mean, it fills you up because you're getting so much fiber. So wow. you don't have to do anything crazy. It doesn't have to be fancy. Well, people act like, you know, vegetables just came on the horizon mm. when the word vegan popped up into the culture. Uh, <laughs> if they've, they've done studies, they went back and they looked at the gladiators who were the fiercest warriors in history. And mm -hmm. they were existing primarily on a plant-based diet with carbs. Carbs have been unfairly demonized. Now, of course, you yeah. want to eat the unrefined carbs, like go for brown rice as opposed to white rice. Go right. for whole wheat bread that's got a lot of different um, actual unrefined carbs in there. But mm -hmm. carbs are not bad for us. And Correct. part of the reason why the ketos of the world have popped up is we're people are hearing this, this false information that all carbs are bad. Yeah. Well, I think Dr. John McDougall had the best take on it. You know, he was once asked why keto and paleo diets are so popular. And his answer was perfect. He said, people love hearing good news about their bad habits. And it's true. You know, <laughs> people just want, they want a, a reason, you know, they want someone to give them permission to do things that they know they shouldn't be doing. But, you know, yeah, <laughs> I get you. It's like uh, when I was in my disease of alcoholism, and I'm happy to say I'm uh, 25 years sober this past April, but I would always be very, very curious to find those uh, studies that show drinking wine was good for you. <laughs> they were always funded by the wine industry. Right. And of course, I always took it to an extreme. All right, we're going to take a very short break on Voice America Radio, but we're going to stay. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance featuring Dan Clark, the modern day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel 
You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. We're here with the one and only Gina Bonanno-Limos, who I love. I, I titled this show from hot mess to vegan superwoman because I was reading about you last night. Not that I didn't know anything about you, but I was just reading a little bit more. And I love the fact that you self-described as a hot mess. You know, they say you can save your face or you can save your... (laughs) So uh, I love the fact that you were very honest about that and that you were very transparent about all your health problems. I mean... Look, I have a zillion problems, so I never had the problem of acne. But if I had it, I would destroy all the photos and pretend that that never happened. So I give you uh, props for, you know, well, looking good is the best revenge, as they say. Mm-hmm. So, but I give you props for being really honest about what you went through. How long ago did you discover that the plant-based diet that your friend had casually recommended was the solution you adopted it. Then what happened? How long ago? And how did you become a leading voice in the plant-based movement after that? So it was about nine years ago that I made the transition. And um, yeah, so I spent over 40 years just miserable, which uh, I was like, God, why didn't I listen sooner? You know, because I had always heard stuff about vegan diets, you know, it was always on the peripheral. And I just thought people were nuts. I thought that they just didn't know what they were talking about. They didn't understand nutrition. Here, little did I know it was me that didn't understand nutrition. So um, yeah, it was about nine years ago, I made the transition. And like I said, it was about three months later, that everything just completely turned around with my hormones with you know, my health and everything. And it was probably about two years after that, two to three years after that, that I had completed my studies and, you know, got certified in, in both integrative and vegan nutrition. And then I wrote my book in 2016, I think it and was. And that is What the Fork, which yeah. I love that title. <laughs> that is so funny. And so you, you, went and got your degrees in nutrition, and then you wrote this book, What the Fork, mm-hmm. which is available on Amazon, by the way, if you want to check it out, great book. And, and how did you, what was the feedback you were getting from, I, I don't even call them non-vegans, I call them pre-vegans, because hopefully mm-hmm. everybody will transition to this lifestyle so we can avoid an ecological apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, the feedback has been really great. I, I, my goal in writing the book and my vision was to make it fun, but factual. That was my underlying theme. I wanted it, you know, to not be dry and boring and just, you know, science. (laughs) But so I, I tried to kind of mix in my story, you know, more detail about it and how I transitioned. And, um, but, and I also wanted to touch on all aspects because so many people, especially you would expect if somebody's certified in vegan nutrition, they're going to talk about just the nutritional side of things and, and health. But I really felt it was important to show all of the reasons why it's important to go plant-based. So I do talk about climate change and I talk about even, uh, you know, stuff in our government and how there's just so much crossover there between what we eat and the influence of big money and 
you know, <laughs> those people who are bribing our lawmakers and the revolving door and how that how that shapes and and manipulates really our food system. So Absolutely. yeah, talk about the animal fact, aspect, but I, I do it, the the majority of it is about health and you know how to prevent and reverse disease with it. We're getting a lot of comments. Dan Hoffman says this is a great story. And I think it's instructive. I grew up eating meat. My wife was vegetarian and I stopped eating meat at home because I didn't want it to bother her. I tried a few times to go vegetarian, but failed. Then I decided to just break it up into smaller projects. I dropped one thing at a time until it was a habit. Then I realized I was a vegetarian. It felt good (laughs) in every way. Then I quit cow dairy. And after that, my IBS mysteriously went away. Anyway, I was vegetarian for 12 years, went vegan about two years ago. Now I can't stand anything that tastes too much like meat. We're on a whole food path and stay away from highly processed foods. Whoa. Awesome. What a great story. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah that's, wow. that's the kind of story that I think, you know, I think that as vegans, we could sometimes make the mistake of being purists. Who pays the price for that purist? purity? The animals. Yeah. Like if I notice that a lot of people now because of COVID-19, because they're seeing and reading that slaughterhouses are a hotbed of COVID-19, thousands yeah. of slaughterhouse workers have gotten COVID-19. Uh, the last I checked on June 24th, 99 had died. Many others are sick. And so people I think are, you know, mm-hmm. steering away from it. Yeah. And, and let them say, I'm eating less meat. We don't need to say, but you, you know, let them have that process. And applaud the process. We've got a caller. Sarah, your question or thought? Hey. Hi. Um, good morning. Gina, I have a question hey. for you. I love your story. It's extremely, uh, really, I just really love it. It's inspiring. Oh, thank you. That's for sure. And thank I really, you. I didn't know that you wrote that book, What the Fork, so I'm excited about that. And I wanted to find out because you made that transformation from being in your Italian family with the butcher and everything. I had a really good friend that's have a really good friend that's Italian, Italian New Yorker who's vegan. He's the only one in his family that has been vegan 42 years. What oh, about wow. you? Anybody else in your family uh, go vegan because of your uh, inspiring story? Great yeah, I, I actually had an aunt who came to a two day health conference that I had a couple of years ago and she just really came to support me. <laughs> so she had no intention of adopting the diet. But I, I had a lot of different doctors there, Dr. Michael Clapper and Dr. Joel Kahn and um, Dr. Brooke Goldner. And so they all had different specialties. And she was just blown away by the information. And she made the switch. She was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit to it. And so she did actually my training program. And she, to the, you know, it's been two years and now she won't go back. She actually, she did periodically over Christmas the first year and she was miserable. Her arthritis flared back up. She put on weight right away. I mean, so yeah, she swears by it now, but the rest of the family, you know, they're curious and they dip their toe in, they'll try stuff and they're always completely blindsided because I'll bring stuff to events and they can't believe that it's vegan. Um, <laughs> you know, so it, it just kind of boggles their mind, but yeah, no, the rest of them aren't ready to give it up, but they do try stuff. 
So I guess progress, you know. Progress, not perfection. (laughs) And Carol Zarbano said, a vegan diet is working so well for you. Such beautiful hair and skin. You Uh, are an example of of veganism. And uh, Carol also says, I will eat vegan meats as long as no animals are harmed. That's what matters most to me. I love the Gardein products like the vegan chicken tenders and vegan meatballs. Now, you know, we we vegans are sometimes put in a catch-22. And... um, that is that if we don't provide any meat alternatives that look and taste like meat, then there's the comments, well, what do you eat? Well, I can't. But then when you provide these meat alternatives, then they say, but it's processed. Well, it's like, yeah. okay, now that's, you're putting us in a, you're creating a context that's a no-win situation. Mm-hmm. We're not suggesting you eat Beyond Meat Burgers or Impossible Burgers or Gardein Vegan Chicken Wings or any of that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But it is a great food for transitioning and Mm -hmm. also for holidays. I don't eat Beyond Meat every day, but for the Mm -hmm. 4th of July, I had a Beyond Meat burger. And it was delicious. And I was able to have the same exact experience as anybody else attending any barbecue where there's a bunch of meat. Mm -hmm. In fact, it even looks like meat. I have to, we were doing a live video. I had to hold it up and say, this isn't meat because it looks so (laughs) much like meat. People walking by. Uh, and seeing my grill, I said, you know, darn, I should have put a sign out saying this is not animal products because I don't want people to think I'm one of those people eating animals. Yeah. So um, it's, it's, uh, we shouldn't let ourselves get trapped into that no-win situation. And oh, just yeah. because it's processed, it's processed vegetables, which is very mm-hmm. different than processed body parts. Oh, so yeah. if you take a bunch of peas and beets and carrots and you mush them up together, that doesn't make them automatically unhealthy. Is it as healthy as eating a raw carrot? Probably not. But the point is, look at these commentators who like to now focus on the fact that Beyond Meat is processed. Do they discuss meat burgers being cancer causing? No. They only started caring about process when vegan food came on. And this is where you see the uh, prejudice, frankly, Mm -hmm. against vegan products. The prejudice against we are in a carnist society. And it's, it's like when Beyond Meat came up, Everybody, uh, all the so-called super smart people were saying, oh, you know, avoid this stock. And then it was the most successful initial public offering since the 2008 financial crisis. So um, we have to start thinking for ourselves. That is the key. Thinking Uh, for ourselves. Yeah, I I would have that argument with any carnist (laughs) any day because, yeah, you, you put up the processed vegan food and, and what the backlash or, or results of consuming that are compared to the natural toxicity of meats um, and, and the processes and downstream effects of consuming that food, it, not night and day, absolutely night and day. So tell us about your seminars because you've done so much. You have books, you have what the fork? You have ebooks. You also have these incredible two-day transformational seminars. How many have you had? How do people find out about it? And now with COVID nineteen, are they going to go uh, virtual? But first of all, wait. We've got a caller, uh, Paige. Uh, Paige, what is your question? Hi. Good morning, ladies. Um, wonderful to hear you on the air here. Um, I'm curious, Dina. I know you started a podcast recently, and I was wondering. Actually, was it as a um, an answer to bringing 
in conversation about Black Lives Matter. I wasn't sure. I know you're calling it politics and plants. Is that right? Yeah. Good question. Yeah, plants and politics. Um, it, it's really kind of marrying the two things that I'm most obsessed with. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I want to stick with my plant-based roots, pun intended. And, but I also am concerned about what's going on in the world, you know, over the past however many years now. And so I really wanted to drive the conversation, have a way to reach people to talk about a plant-based diet, you know, do interviews with people that are following a plant-based diet, much like we're having here, but also to talk about issues in the world and then also to kind of marry the two kind of like I did in my book and talk about the ways that our government shapes and influences what we eat, you know, the drugs that are pushed on us, things that you don't hear in traditional mainstream media that they literally can't talk about because of who pays their bills and who keeps the lights on. So I want to bring that information to the masses. But yeah, I've also started a whole segment um, called Dear White People. <laughs> and it's, you know, me interviewing um, different people of color who have a story to tell, who want to share their experiences and what they've, what they've witnessed, how they're treated. Um, and it primarily that segment of the podcast came out of the racism, honestly, that I was seeing in the vegan community that was really it was pissing me off. <laughs> so I just wanted to give a voice to people to say, you know, this is my experience. This is what happens to me because of the color of my skin. And it's real, you know, and because there's just a lot of people out there that I don't think they mean harm, but they are just unaware. I think so. that it's very interesting to point out that studies have shown that the African American community is the fastest growing demographic of vegans. Yes. So uh, that I think is very important. Uh, yeah. And there's also a lot of issues like dietary racism. You know, the dairy mm -hmm. industry is in severe trouble right now because the government forces dairy down the throats of school kids uh, in public schools. And because schools yeah. have been shut down, the dairy consumption is dropping because we're not cows. We shouldn't drink the breast milk of another species. We're the only species that drinks the breast milk of another species. And when we are weaned from our own mother's milk, there is absolutely no reason to drink any milk. Now, yeah. if you're going to put cashew milk in coffee and have a vegan ice cream, that's fine. That's fine, too. But the idea that somehow you need to drink a product that is high in cholesterol, when cholesterol yeah. leads to plaque, when plaque is uh, a contributor to the leading killer, aside from COVID-19, of mm -hmm. Americans, uh, heart disease, Right. It's just insane. And yet the best and the brightest don't seem to pick up on this. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, there are uh, parallels with, um, let's say, racism. I remember I was mm -hmm. in Birmingham, Alabama, and I went to the Civil Rights Museum, and it was very informative. And it took you through the whole civil rights movement, and it spoke about why African-American churches are more political uh, they have a tendency to be more political because mm -hmm. the news media in the time of Jim Crow did not cover anything that happened in the African-American community. So oh, no. if there were um, problems with the schools, if there were no books, if there were floods, if there, 
it was like it didn't happen. So they had to create their own media. And as I was looking at that, it reminded me very much of what we as in the vegan community experience where what we do is not reported on. Oh, yeah. And um, so we, thank God, have social media Mm -hmm. today. Uh, So there's a lot of parallels uh, when you are in a society that basically ignores the suffering of certain beings. Mm -hmm. It also extends to women's rights. You know, the New York Times has recently started, they've published stories admitting that they were, had their blinders on when it came to the accomplishments of women, when it came to the accomplishments of people of color, when it came to obituaries where people needed to be highlighted, where people were missing. Wow. It was like they didn't count. So uh, I think that we are, that, that there are certain commonalities to all forms of oppression. And so... Uh, this go ahead there's a lot of crossover too with um factory farming and racism systemic racism because a lot of the factory farms are specifically placed in areas in rural areas where they can get away with contaminating the land and contaminating the air quality and And the water a lot of them are, you know, high population of black and brown people in these areas and they don't have money, so they can't fight it. But, you know, there's, there's been so many documented cases of their, um, you know, their, their pits where the animal's waste is all, you know, pushed into that it seeps into the groundwater, you know, into the, into the water systems. And so it contaminates the water, the smell. I mean, there's been reports that the smell is just God awful and you can hardly go out most of the time. And so a lot of the people in these communities end up with health issues because of this and because of systemic racism and the way that everything went down with Black Wall Street and Oklahoma and things like steering and um, you know, all different different things that went on with real estate and the, the money and, you know, how wealth was not distributed properly and equally in this country. Um, you know, how black people were, were kept from inheriting wealth as white people did. It just, it makes it so that they can't get out of these situations and they're unfairly and unproportionately affected by these things. And yes, they have no way to fight it. There's a great documentary, Cowspiracy, mm-hmm. and What the Health also covers this. Uh, the two documentaries, uh, Keegan Coon and Kip Anderson, credible filmmakers, okay. watch What the Health, watch Cowspiracy, great documentaries that outline all of this. Mm-hmm. Literally, they go to the scene where a woman is standing outside her front porch and they the nearby factory farm is spraying yes species at yeah. her front porch and she said we can't go outside we we yeah. are stuck inside our houses we can't have a we can't have a picnic so yeah. um, we're going to take another short break on voice america radio but we're going to stay- Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And we are talking with the absolutely marvelous Gina Bonanno Limos. She went from hot mess to vegan superwoman, uh, overcame a whole slew of really horrific health problems uh, by going plant-based, something her doctors never advised her to do. A friend mentioned it casually. She was desperate. She tried it. And voila. What we have now, the superwoman. Okay, so um, we were talking a little bit about some of the many things that are going on with Jane Unchained. I just want to always give people an opportunity to go to plantbasedneighbor.com and sign up. Now, there's three categories because we don't want to be an exclusive club. We want everybody to join. So we have vegan, on the journey, and veg curious. This will allow uh, plant-based people to mentor and help people who are interested. I have several neighbors who say I'm eating less meat, but what do I do? But So that's a way to help. Also, when this pandemic eventually ends, which knock on wood will be sometime soon, we can coordinate ride shares uh, to VegFest and other events. We can do vegan uh, block parties, vegan barbecues, to create a cultural change. So I urge everybody to sign up to plantbasedneighbor.com. And uh, one other thing that we're doing right now is we have a new show, New Day, New Chef Support and Feed Edition on Amazon Prime. Go to Prime Video. You can just put in Support and Feed and it pops right up. Um, and we're, we're uh, showcasing the work of Maggie Baird, who happens to be Billie Eilish's mom, and she is a committed vegan. So is Billie, so is her brother Phineas. And they are getting people to donate to vegan restaurants to keep them open. And then that food goes to children who are hungry. So we're feeding uh, children. Support and Feed is feeding children who are hungry, seniors, people who are really struggling during this crisis. So uh, Amazon Prime, it's free for Amazon Prime members. You just type in Support and Feed, boom, it comes right up. And you can help. Um, Basically, it's a win-win-win. It's also exposing people to some of the most gourmet vegan food because some of the top uh, restaurants in New York, LA, and Philly are participating. So back to Gina Bonanno Limos, you have a book, What the Fork, you have um, e- other ebooks. you have a mm-hmm. nutrition conference. Uh, break down the nutrition conference. If somebody's watching and they feel like, 
I'm really not in optimal health. Maybe I'm aging. Maybe this is an opportunity mm-hmm. to take control of my life. When is your next nutrition conference? What's it going to look like and how can people find out about it? So I was supposed to do one this year. Um, the, the first, the inaugural conference was in 2018, uh, May 2018. And it was a two-day event. We had, there were 13 speakers, I believe, in total. That was included, 12, include, and then myself. Um, and like I said, I had various doctors that had different specialties. And then fitness professionals. Uh, we had vegan bodybuilders, Robert Cheek and Will Tucker, um, so it was a lot of fun. We had a dance party. So I was planning on doing another. I lost my mother at the end of that year. I'm so so sorry. thank you. Yeah. So 2019 was a bust. <laughs> um, I, I really. Are you going to come back with a virtual or what's next? Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure at this point. Like I said, I was planning on this year, but we're going to have to play it by ear it was quite an undertaking and expensive. So uh, I have yeah. to figure out a better way <laughs> to well, do we'll it. We'll work together. Maybe we could do something with Jane and Jane because you've that got would a lot be of awesome. resources. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, some people are saying, uh, is it true you're getting involved? Are you running for office? Now, we, we're a nonprofit, so we can't <laughs> endorse anybody, but I'm curious. Uh, no, I, I don't have any plans at this moment. I, it's uh, something a friend of mine has been pushing me to do. And I know you know her, uh, Laura Oatman. She ran for office. Yes. Um, yeah, she's been wanting me to for a couple of years. So it's not something I'm planning on right now. Okay, we're going <laughs> to jump in with another question. Yeah. What's your success stories of people who have come to your conferences? You said your aunt uh, came and went plant-based. Who else? What are some of the impacts you're seeing when you break through that barrier, the conditioning, the brainwashing that Mm -hmm. the TV commercials, et cetera, constantly wash over us with this false message that we need to eat animals when, of course, now there are millions of people who statistically have better health results from not eating them. Yeah. You know, the feedback I always get is that they just feel so much better. And, you know, there's that gut brain axis too. So it literally helps you emotionally. It helps with depression. Uh, I mean, it, the, the benefits from a plant-based diet are... Can I jump in? I want to yeah. ask you very specifically about that. Sure. Now, this is something we're learning more about gut biome, and that's Mm -hmm. what creates the serotonin levels. Take Mm -hmm. us through that specifically, because so many people are suffering from depression, suffering from low energy, and they don't know what's wrong, and they go to the doctor, and the doctor, of course, wants to put them on pills, but what is the connection between what you eat and your mood? So about 70, or not about, it, it's about 70% of your um, serotonin is located in your microbiome, in your, in your gut lining, I should say. So if you can create the right atmosphere in there, if you can get your microbiome in balance, and this is what my new training program does specifically, um, and why I wanted to focus on it it changes everything. Not only does it help to boost your serotonin levels and just make you happier and lighter, but it also helps to balance all of your hormones. So yeah, people don't realize, you know, everybody thinks serotonin is in your brain, but that's why they call your gut your second brain. Um, It's just 
crucial, absolutely crucial to our mental health, to our physical health. So, you know, healing leaky gut, getting your microbiome in balance, meaning getting... I don't want to get too gross, but what's leaky butt? Leaky gut. <laughs> leaky butt is another thing. We That's don't even want totally to go there. Different. Mix thing on the equally... Well, tell me yeah. about leaky gut. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Leaky butt is what happens when my husband goes away with the guys and they eat too much meat. So leaky gut. <laughs> vegan. When he's home, he's vegan. When he goes out, he's yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, okay. let's, tell, let's talk about the, the gut. So leaky gut is, um, the technical term is, um, and now it's going to leave my brain because I'm, I'm so stuck on the other thing, um, intestinal permeability is what it, the technical medical term is. So what it is, is in our gut lining, we have almost like a mesh, um, you know, it's almost like a little mesh sieve. And so when we have, as I did, too many antibiotics, or if you're eating animal protein, you're automatically getting antibiotics because of all those that they're given to keep them healthy, quote unquote healthy, until slaughter. Um, just over time, GMOs, you know, just all the toxins that we take in uh, and, and from the standard American diet in general, those little holes in that mesh lining start to become larger and larger. And so proteins and, and other substances start to leak out into your bloodstream that are not supposed to be in your bloodstream. And so it causes pretty much the explosion that we've seen in autoimmune disease can all be traced back to leaky gut syndrome or intestinal permeability. So there are ways to heal that because I, I hear that phrase thrown around a lot, but I don't know what it is. What phrase? Autoimmune disease. Oh, okay. So autoimmune, any things that are considered to be autoimmune diseases are, is when it causes a it, internal and systemic inflammation in your body. Basically your body starts attacking itself. So uh, it is literally your immune system attacking you. And it, it basically is just perceiving something as a threat that shouldn't be a threat. Um, and, but th the majority of the autoimmune diseases, and it includes IBS, colitis, MS, I mean, things that you wouldn't assume are connected, um, but where it attacks is different for pretty much everybody. And it really, it depends on quite a lot which different substances are getting out into your bloodstream and making it out through your leaky gut. So certain proteins are going to be more attracted to certain areas of the body. Um, so I talk about this in my book in What the Fork. I talk about uh, celiac acids that come from animal proteins and how they're more attracted to your spinal area and your brain. So, you know, somebody who has those types of, of things leaking out into their gut might end up with MS and something like that. Whereas other people might end up with arthritis or, you know, Crohn's disease or something like that. Let me but, yeah. I mean, question. when we were kids, there were no autoimmune diseases, you know, I mean, people had arthritis, but that was about it. Or dementia. So many people are coming. 
I talked yeah. to so many of my friends from way back in the day, and almost all of them say either their parents are dead or that they're suffering from dementia. Yeah. Now, um, my parents have passed away, but my parents were born in 1916. Okay, oh, wow. so um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, my mother was the original animal rights activist, and uh, I credit her with opening my eyes. Where we oh, wow. we thought we were vegetarians, but we were pescatarians in the house, and uh, uh, she was sharp as a totally sharp. She was on an iPad. Uh, watching old Greta Garbo movies right before she died at 99 and a half. Oh, wow. Yes. So, um, but, but the idea of dementia being connected to diet is something now Mm -hmm. that is being explored. I don't want to overstate the case, but what one doctor explained to me is it's systemic. When you're clogging Mm -hmm. the vessels in your body with plaque, which comes from cholesterol, which only exists in animal products, Go, go and check it out. Go online and look at vegan products. They will all say no cholesterol because right. plants don't produce cholesterol. They're all zero cholesterol. But eggs are packed with cholesterol. Meat is packed with cholesterol. Dairy is packed mm-hmm. with cholesterol. So when your arteries are getting clogged and your vessels are getting clogged, it doesn't just happen to the heart. It's yeah. systemic. There are vessels all over your body. As they get clogged, systems break down. That's why erectile dysfunction is a precursor. Now, do doctors tell guys who come in with erectile dysfunction, uh, go plant-based? They should, but no. What they do is they give them a pill. Right. We are are creating an addict nation. There's no better customer than somebody who needs a pill. Oh, yeah. Okay, so- I always say the doctors treat the leaves and a plant-based diet treats the roots. So, if, you know, you can keep chopping off those leaves, but they're just going to keep growing back. And that's the thing. I, you know, I always tell people you're playing whack-a-mole with your health because oh, you, you don't. to interrupt you. Oh. I love you, but that's speciesist. Oh, yeah. I should. I should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's come up with an alternative for that. Yeah, we need to come up with a different, you know, yeah. let, let's yeah. uh, start petitioning yeah. Chuck E. Cheese yeah. to get a different game in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, <laughs> you like whack a politician or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, listen, <laughs> I want to say you're so inspiring. And, you know, um, the proof's in the pudding. You are just such an incredible uh, example of transformation with a plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. I am so uh, just thrilled to hear your story. Uh, please keep out there changing lives and saving lives. Gina Bonanno Limos, What the Fork is her book. You can get it on Amazon. And we will see you next time here on Voice America Radio. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.